Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing really well. Uh, it's coming into winter. Mm, Had the yeah, sound. coming in strong. <laughs> yeah, woke we'll, we'll, we'll up to the sound of someone scraping the ice off their... Uh, I was I was I was walking to work that day, and mm-hmm. woke up at seven o'clock to the sound of well before seven o'clock to the sound of someone scraping ice off their windscreen. I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. Oh no, that means I'm going to get frozen on the way in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this does not bode well. It does not. No, but no, no, do, doing doing pretty well apart from that. Uh, on the run down to Christmas now. It's not long. Mm. And it's it's funny actually because the cards we're going to be talking about, and this is an episode where we're going to be previewing cards. The art on one of the cards looks so summery. Well, a bit autumnal, but there's someone in shirt sleeves. They're like, you know, I'm in a thick woolly jumper as we're recording. I could not be more <laughs> different to how relaxed this person looks. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that. I think more generally, the vibe I've had with Feast of Hemlock Vale is that it's summery. You know, it's late nights, people go out, it's sort of midsummer vibes yeah yeah there's something funny about doing a preview season as it's getting increasingly cold and wet and dark and then trying to picture being out frolicking in the woods or whatever other things we're meant to be getting up to i love the vibe of everything we've seen of hemlock Vale so far Mm -hmm. i'm really Mm -hmm. interested to see i just want to know more about the story it's it's the most interested i've been in the story side of things i think aside from maybe innsmouth which i loved as a story Mm mm-hmm that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some things that just get their hooks into us, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we are previewing not one but four cards. No, oh, three no. cards. Well, yeah, but one's double sided. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably give, given away what we're going to be previewing when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> one of the cards is double sided, and what we're going to do is we're going to just to start not do a classic drawn to the flame thing of immediately go down a rabbit hole, but we're going to read all the four cards out with no commentary. So if you're listening to this episode and that's all you want to hear, great. But then if you can, if you want to, bear with us because we're going to do a deep dive into these cards and what they mean and share some of our thoughts with you about them. I'll say before we start that this set of cards has pickled our brains the most of any preview we've done. Well, I think we yeah. do, do you think we've had about three yeah. conversations where we've both been like how on earth do we preview this and <laughs> we can't mm-hmm. it well let, I tell you what let, let's look at the card and then I can talk a bit more about what the difficulties are I've had wrapping my heads around it my head yeah my head they're, they're, <laughs> that's part of the difficulty <laughs> got, yeah they I've got two heads and they disagree <laughs> one always tells the truth one always lies yeah. it's a nightmare yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our first card this is Kohaku Narukami, the folklorist. That's right, it is an investigator. He has four willpower, four intellect, three combat, and one agility. He is scholar, blessed, and cursed. Quite a lot of text coming up. His ability reads reaction at the start of your turn. Either add one blessed token or one curse token to the chaos bag, whichever there are fewer of, in case of a tie you choose, or remove two blessed tokens and two curse tokens from the chaos bag to take an additional action this turn. Elder sign effect plus two, add one bless and one curse token to the chaos bag, six health, eight sanity, flavour, 
why not greet the unknown with wonder rather than fear? And I asked my wife for a quick first look reaction. And her very first words were, ooh, he's dishy. (laughs) When we flip him over, Peter, do you want to read the back of the Yeah, we're going straight into the back then. Okay, we have a deck size of 30, deck building options, blessed card 0 to 5, cursed card 0 to 5, occult cards level 0, mystic cards level 0 to 3, and neutral cards level 0 to 5. Deck building requirements... Book of Living Myths, Weeping Uri, Uri, and a random basic weakness. Shall I dive in and give us his backstory as well? Mm, yeah. Everyone in the Arkham Historical Society recognises Kohaku's booming laughter and the haunting tales he tells, both of the yokai from his childhood home outside Tokyo and the strange creatures that haunt the Arkham woods. The eccentric folklorist tells everyone that the chronicling and publication of these phenomena's existence will be his greatest work. It is only when he is home with his partner Gabriel that he hears the cries of the same spirit who haunted his father, and fears that his greatest work will never allow him a night's sleep. Awesome. Super awesome. A love with a new investigator to the Arkham Files. Suddenly that bit of flavour text becomes really important for character building. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get that he's friendly, he's got booming laughter, he seems like this sort of eccentric, jovial character, and then we realise that he's also basically haunted as well by memories of the spirit that haunted his father. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the literal cries of the spirit that haunted his father. So, the Book of Living Myths. This is a two-cost asset, subtitle Chronicle of Wonders. It is unique. It has willpower, intellect, and wild icons. It's item, tome, blessed and cursed and it's Kohaku Narakami deck only. Reaction. When a Chaos token would be revealed at your location, exhaust Book of Living Myths, search the Chaos Bag for a Bless or Curse token, whichever there are more of, in case of a tie you choose, and resolve it instead. Takes up a hand slot. Very nice. And then should I go on to the weakness as well? Please do, yeah. We have Weeping Uri. Uri. How do we decide when we say it? Uri. I think you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. This is a weakness. It has two fight, two health, and two evade. Monster and geist traits. Aloof, elusive, and hunter keywords. Prey, Kohaku Narukami Oni. Forced, after an investigator reveals a blessed token or a cursed token during a skill test at Weeping Yurei's location, if it is ready, Weeping Yurei attacks that investigator. Limit once per test. And this, uh, it's two horror, the damage from the attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, the art is of it kind of pulling open a Japanese sliding door. Yeah, so it's, that, it, that's quite scary. Just lurks at your location, follows you around, and then mm-hmm. it has the elusive trait, which we've talked about briefly on the podcast, which is where mm-hmm. if you attack the enemy, it will disengage, or it, you. Or, it, or it attacks you, it will, which will be triggered by its forced ability as well. Mm-hmm. It'll uh, move to a, a connecting location and exhaust itself. So you could sort of ignore it, but it's going to be trailing so along I behind you. Hit you and then run off. <laughs> yeah, and because it also is aloof, it's never going to engage you. So you go like, oh no, it's not a problem. And then as soon as you do any bless or curse token shenanigans, it's like, yeah, and then flees again. Really awkward. So that's the cards themselves. 
If you're just listening to this episode to hear the cards, thanks so much for joining us. But maybe stay tuned because we're going to go into a lot more detail about this investigator, what we think about them, and yes, share some of the thoughts of the combined time we've been knocking our heads together to try and get our heads around Kahaku. So just from what we've seen there, let's start pretty light. Does his mechanical ability tie up with his story, Peter? Do you understand what's going on in terms of Bless and Curse and what we know about him as a folklorist? Uh, do a yes or no answer to that question, Frank? Or you and you can say more if you okay. want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess the question is, what, what's, what's a folklorist? What mm. is a folklorist? To me... <laughs> do you want an answer to that question? <laughs> yes or no? I yeah. don't, because it was rhetorical. <laughs> oh, damn. I thought about this a bit uh, mm. when, we, when we got the cards. Folklorist implies an understanding of folk beliefs and rituals. A taking seriously of folk belief and ritual as yeah, well. And, the and understanding brings with it... It could bring scepticism, but it also brings a, a curiosity, a willingness to entertain. And I guess an understanding of how they, of how those things interact with... Uh, it's it's, a, it's almost like a it's a field of anthropology, I guess, isn't it? Mm, mm-hmm. But the yeah. the spin in Arkham would be that an understanding of which what what which parts of those are real. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So which which beliefs can bring well the way I see it tying into Kahaku's mechanical ability is it's, is it's an understanding of which of those beliefs can bring good fortune and bad fortune. There's a lovely, I suppose it's not ambiguity, discrepancy here. Kahaku in the Arkham Historical Society sits down and says, have you heard the tale of the the goats born in Arkham Woods? Yeah. And people are like, oh, great. This is another folklore story that he's picked up, maybe from some of the villages around Arkham. It's about these goats that live in the woods. How funny. But for Kahaku, it's real. And it's in this setting in particular, we, the player, know it's real as well because we fought the goat spawn. We're, we're like aware of that thing. Yeah, he brings a degree of belief, I suppose, to it, which I think is really interesting. And it fits, fits in mystic, doesn't it? it? Mystics are the ones who believe in the mythos, who feel it's real, who engage with it on a, a, a level that maybe gives them power but also damages their sanity. And do you want to run us through basically what he does as well, his basic mechanics, before we dive into deck building in more detail? Yeah. So, so at the start of your turn, you can you can take the choice if there's two bless and two curse tokens in the bag, or at least two bless and two mm-hmm. curse. You could take an extra action that turn by removing those, <laughs> or whichever uh, there are fewer tokens of in the bag, you add one of the of those ones. So the, the bag builds towards a balance of bless and curse. He's not choosy about which he's leaning towards. And in fact, if you, the player, were choosy, he will balance it out. Yeah. In talking about him in preparation for this episode, if you pair him with Sister Mary, who adds a bless every turn, Kahaku is going to add a curse every turn? Well, it, potentially, yes. Yeah. Unless he takes his turn first. When does when mm. is Mary is Mary at the beginning of her turn? End of the round. That's harder to manipulate, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Get get Mary to seal seal a bless token away on her turn every every round, and then Kahaku takes his turn after and adds another bless. Because if there's no yeah. tokens in the bag, you pick what you add. That's yes. that's a kind of crucial yeah. point. S- same as same as a tie. And just 
Um, all things being equal, imagine that no tokens are drawn by tests. This means every fifth turn, Kohaku gets an extra action. So if you look at Kohaku and go, oh, wow, he's the mystic with an extra action, just sort of basic understanding here, you're not going to get many extra actions from Kohaku unless you have other ways of adding Bless and Curse to the bag because he's only getting one every five turns. And, and that's before you're drawing any tokens for tests. Yeah. I think that's important to acknowledge as well. It's a little bit like, say, Finn, where Finn has an extra action to evade, which is entirely dependent on drawing an enemy. So there are possibilities that you can play a scenario as Finn and just be a three-action investigator. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a bit more contingent on other things happening, which is the same here. Where do we go from from here, Peter? Well, diving <laughs> okay. into deck building, ha, ha, or yeah. let's let's first of all start with I think what difficulties we had with this card. <laughs> <laughs> Without wanting to seem ungrateful to, to FFG for sending it, it's been a bit of a yeah. bit of a curse because I I don't think the the difficulty has been that we don't know what's coming in the card pool because mm -hmm. there's there's quite an extensive pool of blessed and cursed cards available and obviously mystic mm -hmm. cards and occult cards mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we have a pretty good idea of how he can be built yep. obviously there will be some cards coming in the new expansion which which tie in well to him and yep. we have seen a handful of those like what's the additional slot one called again occult reliquary that gives us an extra slot that, that, that's that's a part of the puzzle of building kohaku and yes. i think think most of the cards have been blessed. Uh, certainly our card was blessed. I'm trying to think what else has been revealed. There was a couple of mm -hmm. Polish cards Off we had yeah. which could both could both theoretically be taken in Kohaku mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. even if they don't necessarily add much to the conversation about how to build them. Yeah. My point is the difficulty hasn't been what cards can there we take. Cards. Yeah, Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. there is quite a lot of cards and you could easily build a deck for him out of the cards that are already available. That did things. <laughs> I don't think there's a crucial bit of the puzzle missing. Maybe a bit like the position we were in with Vincent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. So that's not the problem. The difficulty has been like, what guidance do, do we have? What what role do you make him fill within the team using that ability? How can we use mm -hmm. that ability well? Mm -hmm. yes. And it's yeah. puzzled us because we've had about Every time we talk, we start bringing up individual cards and be like, oh, you could put this in him and then this takes him in this direction. So he's a real, like, Rorschach test of, a, of an investigator and he's been hard mm -hmm. it's been hard to kind of filter that into how we want to talk about him in, a, in an episode. Mm. I think part of what you're leading towards is he gets option of blessed 0 to 5, which is great for deck building. You can, be, you can lean into really bless-heavy strategies mm -hmm. but gohaku then says oh no you can't because i'm going to keep adding curses if you do that yeah and he also gets access to cursed zero to five so you go i'm going to lean into a cursed heavy strategy and then kohaku says oh no you're not because i'm going to add blesses which blesses are less bad than curses in terms of being added just extraneously mm -hmm. so his deck building allows him to lean into one side heavily if you want to but his ability getting the extra actions and adding tokens does both. Yeah. So I guess, it again, it ties back into the folklorist theme of he doesn't have judgment about these things. He's he's just willing to explore everything. Yeah. And that's really challenging for deck building, particularly for deck builders like us, where we like to find an angle to hang an approach on 
and say, right, okay, this ability does this particular thing, so we're going to go down this route with our deck. And he he sort of doesn't allow for that. Yeah, It might be that we see more cards where, you know, maybe there is a permanent that he can get that really gives him a focus, and you go, okay, yeah, this is definitely what I'm going to do. But as it stands, it's very wide open. It's a wide open deck building and a wide open ability. Yeah, and, which is, and yeah, really relat- challenging. A relatively flat stat line as well, four four three. There's the one in there, but he's yeah. got the the high willpower, the high intellect, and an okay fight value as well. Mm. And the other thing is 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 his ability, his uh, reaction ability. It does. You could either add tokens to the bag, or you take tokens out the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like a team role here. Imagine you've got other people putting Bless and Curse in the bag. So you've got a rogue who's doing loads of cursing just to get benefits, and you've got Sister Mary. And Kahaku could just be the four-action investigator who every turn is basically taking four tokens out of the bag and just saying, keep putting tough in because I'll just keep getting four actions. Yeah. And that runs completely counter to what you might first think of. like, Oh, this is a character who adds tokens to the bag. Yeah, so, so so he could do that. He, in the situation you've described, there's almost three roles he could play there. You're right, he, he could be the main doer and take those tokens out of the bag to trade them yep. for actions. Yep. He could, alongside a curse-heavy strategy, he could add blessed tokens to help take the sting out of drawing lots mm-hmm. of curse tokens for a test. Yeah. Because adding blessed tokens doesn't alter your odds of drawing a curse token, does he? No, because you draw again, right? Yeah. But it, yeah, it turns one curse into a zero, right? If you do bless curse or curse bless. Yes, exactly. So, so the so modifiers it helps m- cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah, it helps mitigate the modifiers for drawing lots of curse tokens. So he he could do that, or he could sit alongside a bless and um, with his card pool, pull in other blessed cards that can mm-hmm. be triggered when blessed tokens are drawn, and also cards that help add blessed tokens to the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he is putting curse tokens in there, but hopefully that's balanced out by the additional positive stats from the bless. Or you manipulate when you add tokens and when he takes his turn, such that he is also adding bless tokens. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thought we wrote down is, is he the curse systemary that he adds curse every turn? And we've talked already about him undercutting systemary's benefit by adding curses. But there's another angle here that you're going at, which is, is he... The bless Sister Mary in Mystic. He, if you want to play that bless style, but you don't want to play Sister Mary, you could play Kahaku and find ways of adding bless that way. He can't do it as efficiently as she can because every yeah. other turn he needs to add a curse. If your main goal is add bless, yeah. But he has a way of doing it. And if you are ever frustrated in Sister Mary that she's got this Mystic access, but you can't lean into it in the way you want to because it's only zero to two or because her stat line doesn't necessarily willpower still her best stat. There's a different option here with Kohaku, where you've got a payoff for the bless straight away in terms of getting extra actions, and you've got access to a slightly different card pool with considerable overlap. Yeah. Now, now there's there's two things you've made me think of, Frank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, we're, like we're in the woods with the folklorist in the woods. Well, exactly. Off. But th- this was the exact problem: is that there's there's two things mm-hmm. that you've you've immediately came to mind as you were saying this. Right, we'll go mm-hmm. with we'll go with route A, and then we can circle round and, and pick up the other option later. Mm-hmm. You said that he needs to add a blessed token. Uh, sorry, he would add a cursed. If you're using him like a mystic system, Mary, he'd be adding a cursed token every other round, right? 
So you put a yep. blessing next turn, you put a curse in. And like all else being equal in isolation, that is true. But it's mm-hmm. not actually true, is it? Because you draw tokens out the bag. Yeah. And if you had a way of pulling that bless out the bag every turn, such that mm-hmm. there's either zero or one curse token in the bag, he's mm-hmm. going to be adding a bless token every turn. If there's one, if there's one curse in there, that's two rounds of bless tokens going in. And if you can pull one of those bless tokens, then you're just you you you, you can manipulate the bag like that to continue pulling a bless token, and then yes. putting one back in at the start of his turn. Mm-hmm. So he is he could just be literally the mystic uh, sister Mary as long as you can keep on uh, taking those tokens out of the bag or sealing them away or using them for other effects. Mm-hmm. So unlike Sister Mary, where she's slowly building potentially towards lots of bless in the bag, just by the, the drip and you're hoping they're not being drawn, what you're saying is Kohaku in theory could stay at a pretty low level of bless and or curse in the bag and just keep dripping it in. And this is where his signature comes in, which allows you to guarantee that the pull of a token well it's not quite guaranteed because you, you have to pick just to remind you what the for anyone listening without looking at the cards mm-hmm. the, his signature the book of living myths has a has a reaction ability which allows you to draw a curse or blessed token that's in the bag instead of the token you've resolved but you have to pick the option uh, which there's more of in the bag yeah uh, and you can you can choose in a tie so if you have mm-hmm. one bless and two curse you can't draw that bless yes but otherwise if you can manipulate the amount of both tokens in the bag, that's a guaranteed pull of, well, bless or curse, depending on what you want to trigger. And I said to you mm. on the phone the other day, Frank, we, we, we did a run-through of Forgotten Age, or half a run-through of the Forgotten Age, with Trish and uh, uh, Jay Fine. Yeah, Jacqueline. Wanting to... Jay Quellen. Jay Quellen. <laughs> wanting to, to do only... Uh, to, to, to exploit the curse spell assets, some mm. other assets... You used a rogue who and seeker, rogue slash seeker, who could chuck um, curse tokens in the bag. I mm. used Jayfine, who could manipulate which tokens she was drawing, and then also had assets in play that would benefit when I drawed those curse tokens, mm-hmm. as well as a lot of mitigation for the curse tokens. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of mm-hmm. kind of between us both. There was a lot of card kind of scaffolding that went into place, both to add the curse tokens. And also mm-hmm. then to, to draw them and then to exploit them. And even yeah. then, even with all that in play, sometimes you didn't draw a curse token when you wanted one. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. here comes Kahaku with a repeatable every once a turn. He can just draw a curse token. Yeah. And he's got an inbuilt way to put them into the bag as well. Mm-hmm. Feels to me like he, if you want to do that style we did, sort of Kahaku... <laughs> comes along and does it better than we could have done it. Yeah. Renders totally, all of totally. renders all of our work up to this point kind of obsolete. I mean imagine you're starting the game, this you know, hypothetical situation, you've got Book of Living Myths in your opening hands. Turn one you play it and you add whatever token you want, a bless or a curse. And then action two, you can take a test and draw that token straight away. So if you've got a covenant that cares about a particular token, you can trigger that immediately. And you can fetch the exact token you want. The nice thing about Book of Living Myths, it's just when a Chaos token would be revealed at your location. So it's not in a test, and it's not only you, it's anyone. So there might be a situation where someone is desperate for that bless to try and make a particular test pass. Great, but it might be that you're doing, I don't know, like a 
Voice of Ra play? Has Voice of Ra been tabooed to include all tokens? I think so, yes. Mm. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. I know lots of the Mystic cards have changed to do that. Yes, a symbol. So yeah, if you're doing Voice of Ra turn one and you want to hit a symbol to make sure you get enough econ, Book of Living Myths will do that as well. So that, like, get a token a turn Kohaku using Book of Living Myths is really cool, but it also doesn't do the four actions every turn Kohaku, which is a different angle. And this indicates to me that there's probably a few different ways of building Kohaku leveraging the token control he offers or the fact that he's a four-action investigator. And for the four-action every turn Kohaku, maybe you want to look at a covenant like Blasphemous Covenant that keeps curses in the bag. And if you're wanting to keep tokens in the bag, maybe you want to look at something like Nephthys to put Blesses back in. There's, yeah, a different build here that is, don't you take those tokens of mine because I'm getting four actions a turn as many times as possible. And you use some of his deck building to allow him to go down this avenue of, I'm just going to keep having four action turns. And the way we're going to mitigate having lots of Bless and Curse in the bag is A, I'm going to keep them in, but B, I'm just going to keep eating them in increments of four tokens. So hopefully they won't have too much of an impact on other people and I'll get lots of actions out of them, which is super interesting. So if we're going down that line, you then want to be looking at cards like Tempt Fate, Priest of Two Fates, Spirit of Humanity. Mm. And yeah. you know, people know that this is a big favourite of mine, Right of Equilibrium. Yeah. Right of Equilibrium for 3 XP now, because it's tabooed, is add blesses and curses in equal number to the bag. So when I did that on Think on Your Feet, as Father Matteo, I just did 10 and 10. You just get them all in the bag. I mean, that's an option here as well. And then you've got five turns in a row, if you're not drawing those tokens, of taking four action turns. Like, realistically, you're probably taking three turns in a row of extra actions, given that you're probably taking some tests and losing some tokens. I, I think Tempfate is a great card draw, actually. I think Tempfate has always been a good card if, if you're going mm-hmm. down either route of Bless and Curse. And the fact it draws you a card as well, and it's fast. Yep. In Kahaku, it just becomes an extra action. And then also another two tokens. Extraction and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 wild. Yeah. Um really, really like that for him. Yeah, I I, I think that just, just to, to spin back to what I was saying, uh, in comparison to what you've just said, Frank, yeah, you're absolutely right. You you can do that build which uh, there's there's a variable quantity of tokens in the bag which then Kahaku can take out. What I described mm. is almost like you could have Kahaku doing that in isolation, which I think is a really interesting change for a Bless and Curse build. Yeah. Because what you could do is that the token goes into the bag at the start of your turn. So if you have a minimum of tokens in the bag and you have an effect you want to trigger on that turn and you've got your book out in order to guarantee pulling it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hinging a lot on his signature here. <laughs> yeah. but, but ignore that for the moment. So you have a, you have your turn, you have, I don't know, maybe you've got some of those curse spell assets, maybe you've got some other stuff, maybe you've got a food hour out, whatever you've got out. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, this turn, I want a blessed token. Beginning my turn, no tokens in the bag, I'll put the bless in. Okay, during my turn, boom, I use my Book of Living Myths to draw that bless. And then for everyone else's turn, there's no tokens in the bag. Yeah. So, so Kahaku puts the token in that he wants and then uses it on his turn. And he's operating a bless or curse deck 
totally in isolation. Yeah. One of the things you loved about our Trish and Jacqueline play was that the deck building was really collaborative. Yeah. It was really two decks working towards a common goal. And I've loved that in our Mark and Vincent playthrough as well. Mm. Yeah. We we like building decks that are really complementary, that can make something happen across the investigators. Yeah. And what Kahaku is offering, like you say, is independence. You could just do it yourself and you don't need anyone else to do it. One of the challenges of doing bless builds or curse builds in solo is that so many of the good cards are across the classes mm-hmm. and you have this real challenge if you, you know, as people heard on Think on Your Feet, if I want to do an ancient covenant sort of auto succeed Mateo with access to bless, it's quite a lot of work to get all of the pieces in the deck, yeah. even with the fact that he has access to blessed cards zero to three. Kahaku just smoothed some of that out with what Kahaku does, which is brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool. I think I think you're completely right. There's a possibility here that you play four player with Kahaku and someone might be like, oh God, are you going to do weird things to the bag here? And you're like, no, 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 don't worry. It's <laughs> yeah. all of the, the stuff I'm going to do to the bag is going to happen on my turn. Yeah. And it's not a problem. And I'll basically keep the bag really low. You could even, you know, there's a, even a possibility here of like, Tempt Fate, going last in the round, Tempt Fate, and then the following turn, immediately take four of those tokens out for another action. Yeah. Is Tempt Fate even play on your turn? No, Tempt I think it's, it's, be fast. it's it's a fast event, and it has no... Oh, play during any free trigger window. Yes, so yeah, you, you play yeah. it in the free trigger window at the end of Mythos, Yeah, after everyone's taken tests, and immediately you go first and take four of those six tokens out of the bag and have a four-action turn. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really amazing. So the other thing that, that, that I was going to touch on a little while ago is mm-hmm. the idea of balance. Oh, is this the then. other path? Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this yeah, is the wow, cool. Path. We've looped out. We found it in the woods. Great. <laughs> so, so the, the difference between blessing, so blessing and curse aren't a mirror image of each other, except in effect, because curse tokens are bad. They, <laughs> yeah. they make you less likely to pass tests, although other effects do trigger off them. Bless mm-hmm. tokens help you pass tests, although there is also effects that trigger off less tokens. So mm. so it costs, in isolation, again, it costs to put blessed tokens in the bag, and it, it it's you're rewarded for putting cursed tokens in the bag. Mm-hmm. Most effects which put cursed tokens in the bag reward you in some way for doing it. Either it's a discount or an enhanced effect on a card, mm-hmm. or it gives you a beneficial effect. Like you mentioned Spirit of Humanity just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Putting the blessed tokens in causes damage because that's the cost you got to pay to put the blessed tokens in. Putting cursed tokens in heals you. So that's the benefit you get from putting cursed tokens in. Yeah. Where was I going with this? Yeah. So you have some cards, event cards. The two, I think, two great examples are Faustian Bargain and Deep Knowledge, which mm-hmm. are two kind of basic econ cards, but both have enhanced effects based on the fact you also put cursed tokens in the bag. What's my that um, promise of power as well as a really good example? Promise of power, four wilds, add a curse. Faustian yeah. bargain, five resources across everyone at your location for two curses, and deep knowledge, three cards across everyone at your location for two curses, and zero cost on both of those, right? Yes. Yeah. So you compare deep knowledge to preposterous sketches. Mm-hmm. It's better. 
<laughs> yeah. And you compare Faustian bargain to say uh, emergency cash. Appreciate emergency yeah. cash is neutral, but but that's yeah. two or more resources. Street level two. Yeah, that, great example. Yeah. So where was I going with this? Yeah. So Kohaku has he could take all these cards for a start, which is nice. So his his bless and cursed deck building options give him access. It, I think I said to you earlier, Frank, it's almost like a faction in itself. Yes. That yeah, in yeah. that faction of uh, of Bliss, you get Econ and you get... There's quite a few Econ cards. There's also Rite of Sanctifications in there as well. Mm-hmm. And there's also mm-hmm. Card Advantage in there as well, so card draw cards. So that's nice that he can pull on those as well as having access to the a good chunk of the Mystic card pool. Mm-hmm. But more crucially, those cards which put Curse in the bag then trigger him putting Bless into the bag alongside it. Mm, mm-hmm. So you could have a situation where, you know, first turn, Kahaku puts a Bless into the bag, he plays Faustian Bargain, puts two Curse into the bag, gets his, gets his resources, next turn comes round, he puts another Bless into the bag, because then you've got two Curse in the bag. So he's added mm-hmm. a Bless mm-hmm. token twice there, and the start of the yeah. next round, maybe he takes an extra action, assuming all those tokens yeah. are still in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. So you've you've taken a negative on those cards and turned it into a uh, into a benefit, uh, mm-hmm. either in terms of you keep on adding blesses or you can translate those tokens into additional actions. Mm. That also works across the teams as well. So if your if your colleague Trish if she plays fantasy and bargain, that means you add a bless on your turn. Yes. Yeah. It works across the team, and one of the ways of mitigating the cost of adding curses in solo or multiplayer is saying essentially it's someone else's problem (laughs) like in solo you can say i'm just gonna gamble that i don't draw them that the bag is full enough when you were playing think on your feet Susie recently you play faustian bargain and i think i don't think too much yeah you're just like well fine if the curses come out they come out but i hope it's a problem for another day kahaga goes a step further and says it's actually a benefit for another day if we reach the point where no one's drawn those curses i'm just going to turn them into an extra action so it's kind of cool which leads me to a very unconsidered avenue of is there a testless kohaku build well that, that that's interesting yeah is there a, a version of kohaku that's trying not to draw tokens because they're getting four actions every turn and they're instead i mean now scratching my head for how many things you can do testlessly in his deck building i'm not sure that would be definitely something to consider yeah yeah other thing to consider with book of living myths which i just want to touch on briefly is paradoxical covenant paradoxical covenant is the mystic covenant and if you reveal a bless and a curse in a test you stop and auto succeed it's what people have wanted to happen in teams that are running both bless and curse that the mystic has this sort of superpower and you can enable it with the favors where you can do favor of the sun or favor of the moon and if you draw one token you then reveal the other type but book of living myths just makes that really easy to do because as long as you've got one of each if you draw one kahaku can then fetch the other for you very simply you could even combo that with favor of the moon and book of living myths or favor of the sun and book of living myths so there's like a an auto succeed build out there with paradoxical covenant and again he's the one stop shop for making it happen which is pretty cool yeah yeah 
We've Oof. talked about his signature a fair amount. Yeah. <laughs> Should we take a bit of a pause from deck building and loop back round to his weakness, the weeping Yure? Yes. So just to remind listeners, 2-2-2, two, 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 aloof, which means you're going to need to spend an action to engage it if you want to attack it. Elusive, which means if you hit it and don't kill it or it hits you, it runs away. And Hunter, so it trails after you. It preys on Kahaku only and it has a forced effect when an investigator reveals a bless or a curse during a skill test. If it's ready, it hits them. How do we deal with the Weeping Yurei? Well, the, the, the card tailor-made to do it is Spectral Razor. Mm-hmm. So that gives you an engage as well, doesn't it? Yeah. And Kahaku... Or Fuda. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which turns off aloof and elusive. And not hunter. But yeah, then it just engages you. It's not hard to deal with, with any kind of fight boost for Kahaku. Or, mm. So, you know, his willpower is four, it's only a fight two. Yeah. So not hard to deal with uh, once you get it pinned down. And only two health, which is not bad for a, for a weakness. But yeah. countered by the fact that its forced effect is almost certain to trigger... Uh, if you're playing Kaku. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, all of what you've described about this really specific targeted token control does get turned off by the Weeping Uri, like, hovering around. I can really picture a situation of you being like, okay, Book of Faith Myths, I'm going to do this cool play. And then you're like, oh, no, I can't, because I'm taking yeah. too horror for doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nasty. And it's it's one of those bad ones that affects everyone at your location as well, so... Mm-hmm. Then they're suddenly wishing that you hadn't put all those tokens in the bag. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the the stubborn detective mm. signature weaknesses. Yeah. I also went to if you can do just direct damage to this, or 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 true damage. Direct damage is obviously a specific thing in Arkham. You can just chip it down without wasting time engaging it. And I went straight to Armageddon, where if you reveal a curse, you can do a damage to an enemy at your location. But of course, if you're revealing a curse, the Weeping Uray is hitting you and running away, and you're not doing a damage to it. But you could be looking at Nephthys, they, where Nephthys seals three bless, and you can then remove them to do two damage to an enemy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That you know, If you've collected them earlier, you could have that waiting. I like the idea of Nephthys, because it also means you're at willpower five, which is pretty good. Another place I wanted to go to is that stat line of 4431. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting very close to Marie, just with combat and agility switched. Yeah. And there are some people who absolutely adore playing Marie, and there are other people who find the 4-4 kind of tricksy. It's like mm-hmm. the willpower's not a willpower 5, obviously, so it's not a power mystic. And with intellect of 4, you could be looking to boost that to investigate. But in Mystic, so many of the really potent investigation tools are just willpower tools like Sixth Sense or Right of Seeking. Yeah, what, what's your take on the stat line? My, my bigger question is, what does he do, right? What's his, what's his te- <laughs> role in a team? Uh, and I, I don't just think... Noodling away in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can build him as a support character. I think one of the builds we didn't quite touch on is the idea that you play a blessed slash cursed team and let Kaku play all the cards that enable that playstyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can then use his Book of Living Myths on other players' turns, because it's just when a Chaos yeah. token will be revealed at your location. Yeah. So 
that's like a pure teamwork build. But like, if, if he's going to do stuff, if you're playing solo, what cards do you use that allow him to actually do things? Are you going mm. down cursed spell assets? I don't know. You could go down the route that we went down when I built uh, Jay Fine, Jack mm-hmm. Jackwellin. Did you say that again? Jay Quellen. Jay Quellen, that's it. <laughs> and have all of the, the the boosting tech for drawing particular cards. So you've got your candles, you've got your uh, recall the future, all that all that jazz is in there to help you pass tests. Yeah, yeah. But then, oh, I don't know, is he just taking, I'll just investigate this location and then I'll name Curse with recall the future. So the cursed spell assets, Armageddon, Shroud of Shadows and Eye of Chaos, they cost more than their non-curse counterparts. Mm -hmm. So Armageddon is four cost and three charges instead of three cost and four charges in Shriveling. Mm -hmm. They do the same amount of damage. And then at level zero, if you draw a curse, you can either add a charge back or deal a damage. And the level four versions, it's not an either or. For every curse, it does that. So, generally speaking, people don't run them because A, you need curse support to get the curses in the bag, and B, you need to see those curses to actually make them be better than Shriveling or or the other counterparts. Kahaku fixes the first part of that because he can add the curses. With Book of Living Myths, he fixes the second part of that. Again, he's the one-stop shop to doing these things. So there's maybe a build out there where he is running the cursed spell suite, He's boosting his willpower as a result. Maybe he's running the previewed card, the Wicked Athami, which allows you to fight, add one to three curse tokens to the Chaos Bag, and you get plus two combat for each curse token you add. So he could fight at five, seven, or nine. And if you kill an enemy, it's only a one damage attack, you replenish a charge or offering on an asset you control. So you fill back up your Armageddon or your Eye of Chaos as you kill things off. And between the Wicked Athami and Armageddon, you can kill a four health enemy in two actions. Yeah. Draw a curse with the Armageddon attack and then just stab it with the Wicked Athami. And you've actually spent no charges then on the Armageddon, which is kind of fascinating. There's like there's definitely a controlling the curses you see build out there. But yeah, I mean, Roll, it falls into the classic mystic challenge of Roll, doesn't it? Of that they can do everything. And what do you want to do i wondered about st hubert's key for that stat line as well get oh, up to God. five willpower five intellect yeah that's a card i haven't thought about in a while yeah the other card that in solo i'm very fond of is Alyssa graham plus one intellect yeah and gives you a bit of encounter deck control yeah and that leads to another useful question what allies might you want to run in kohaku oh god because the token fishing ally is Olive McBride, right? Yeah. In that Jacqueline deck you ran, you actually ran Twyla to just keep your spells topped up if you weren't drawing curses. Yeah. Jacob Morrison is the blessed ally, isn't he? Yeah. And he readies when you draw a bless and doesn't ready otherwise. Yeah. But has and you can lo- exhaust him to add plus two, yeah. yeah. Which... which is a really big skill boost. If you if you can mm-hmm. guarantee pulling a bless every turn, sort of puts mm-hmm. him in a position where he can pass two tests every turn. Yeah, yeah. So you can guarantee drawing a, you can use Jacob, and then guarantee drawing a bless with his book, mm-hmm. which readies Jacob again for the next turn. Yeah. So that's two plus twos he gets every turn. It's really nice. It's really nice. 
We've seen another ally coming up, Devil, that's been previewed, which doesn't scream Kahaku either. So I'm really intrigued to see if we do see an ally that sort of really fits what Kahaku's doing. That would be yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other cards we want to mention just as a kind of, how does this, hey, think about this card. The one I spotted was Eye of the Djinn. Mm. Mm-hmm. And just, the one you spotted in the messenger that I sent to you. No, I I <laughs> spotted it this morning, and then I think you messaged it, messaged me about Yesterday. it as well. Yeah, I didn't look at your messages yeah. until this morning, Frank. <laughs> you spotted it independently I by did. looking at the messages. Well, yeah. I think we're onto something if we both spot spot yeah. a card, right? And this actually, before you dive into the card, this is a really useful illustration of the weirdness of his deck building options. That you yeah. can go down these odd little nooks and crannies and blessed <laughs> and cursed cards and end up somewhere like Eye of the Jinn, which is both blessed and cursed. Yeah, and further to that, another thing we both thought of is that there's quite a lot of blessed and cursed cards that don't deal with bless. Sorry, there's a lot of blessed yeah, or that's... cursed cards that don't deal with the tokens, like Grizzly Totem. Blood will have blood. Deja vu. Deja like, he can't take any exile cards, but deja vu is cursed. Counterspell. Although that is mystic. Yeah. There's there's an odd mix there. I heartily recommend, if you're even wanting to start thinking about Kahaku, go and just put those traits into Arkham DB and have a look, because there's such a range, and there's definitely going to be multicoloured Kahaku decks that come out as soon as he's on Arkham DB. Okay, Eye of the Djinn. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, just it was it was a nice card. I thought it, it's an example of the kind of wacky thing he could take, which would have a great effect on him. So Eye of the Djinn, mm-hmm. two cost, uh, level two but exceptional, so four XP, and one per deck. Has mm-hmm. a reaction, when you initiate a skill test during your turn, exhaust the Eye of the Djinn, set your base skill value to five for this test, and then if you draw mm-hmm. a blessed token, then you ready the Eye of the Djinn. If you draw a cursed token, you can take an additional action this turn. <laughs> so potentially for Curse, curse Kahaku, if you're going down that route, he could be having mm. uh, throwing five action turns out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really potent. Get stuff yeah. done. I mean, you're only getting for your main stats, your willpower on your intellect. You're only kind of getting plus one to your mm-hmm. stat there. But if you need to take yeah. an agility test or a combat test, hey, it's not you're bad. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the possibility as well that you fish for a curse and then draw a bless, or that you're running favor of the sun or moon and can do that, and and indeed paradoxical covenant. In which case you're getting both abilities. You're getting to use it twice and getting a five action turn, which is wonderful. The other one I sort of thought you could you could look at is maybe Living Ink. That's nice with the, the four willpower mystics. Yeah, that's a really nice shout. Yeah. You limited to how many ticks you can take on it. You can take six ticks basically. Yeah, because he's mystic zero to three. But you could potentially But that still allows you the one with the symbol replenishing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, so you could, or you could take, you, you could take the one that allows you to get plus one to addi- additional skill. Yeah. Or and you could take that one that it says the macabre depiction, which allows you to recharge it when you draw a token. And then there's there's two separate eldritch ink upgrades, which means you can mm-hmm. pick another skill, or you could take the vibrancy upgrade, which gives you an mm-hmm. additional plus one to the stat and then minus one to your other skills. Okay, so as long as you yeah. don't mind running with agility zero. You could have <laughs> intellect yeah. six. Wow, yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, even one Eldritch Inc. macabre depiction 
and then you can take one more tick. So you could take shifting ink, which is give it to someone else, which is not a good idea. No. But you could also take subtle depiction at the start of your turn. You can choose not to remove a charge and ignore its ability for the remainder of the round. I mean, subtle depiction and macabre depiction are basically allowing you to give living ink a huge amount of longevity. Which is yeah. Nice. So you mentioned that I have the gin. I'm going to loop back to that because this returns me to a cult reliquary. This three cost permanent asset limit one per deck you have one additional hand accessory or arcane slot which can only be used to hold a blessed or cursed asset and we've we've actually name checked a lot there like eye of the Jinn, like the cursed spells and even book of living myths is blessed and cursed so that also could be slotless so there's a possibility here that you've got your candles your eye of the Jinn, your book of living myths that's three hands but with a cult reliquary you're kind of covered and uh, the whole reason I'm saying this is basically if we see any kind of blessed or cursed tutoring, this whole thing goes off. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, if you're running Book of Living Myths and Eye of the Jinn, maybe Backpack 2 is the way forwards. Yeah, yeah, his back backpack full of um, trinkets. and Yeah, sort of roaming the woods with his backpack, with his book in it. It's beautiful. So, Peter, let's bring this to a close. Mm-hmm. We've definitely shown, allowed the listener sort of insight into the confusion that has come to us with Kahaku and how exciting it is to be met with this blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Where are you at at the end of the episode? Any final thoughts? Any greater clarity that you want to share? I, I guess I don't want to nail my my colours to the mast. Is that the phrase? Mm-hmm. Nail my credentials to the door. Either, yeah. Okay. I don't want to nail anything to anything. Until mm-hmm. I've seen the cards that are coming in Feast of Hemlock Vale. Because despite what I yes. said at the beginning, that card pool is designed with Kahaku in mind in, in the upcoming expansion. So almost yeah. certainly there will be some linchpins for him in that set. Absolutely. And there might be some power cards which kind of give you some focus as an archetype. It wouldn't surprise me, for instance, to see some kind of spell asset suite that focuses on using both Bless and Curse in some way mm-hmm. yeah i don't want to say that's a guarantee but it feels like maybe that's a direction they could go in mm-hmm. if not that i think there'll certainly be some of the cards in that set which work well with them yeah it also sounds like based on the previews we've seen so far kaku's going to have access to them almost all the cards in the upcoming <laughs> set like you mentioned yeah. devil and what was the other one it's a um, controlled experiment or something control variable control yeah. variable both of which he's able to take mm-hmm even if it doesn't really tie into a key theme with him, it's just more cards he's got available to him. So, so yeah, I, I don't want to be too like, this is how I'm going to build him until no. I've seen what's coming in this set. However, yeah. I do think there's options there of like a kind of, not necess- not a solo, but an independent version, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. talked that through. So maybe that's a way to go. Maybe there's mm-hmm. some fun ways of, of looking at a team. I, I, I'm keen to see what comes, see what people start building, and then have a go with the full card pool. Yes. I think that's, that's my kind yeah. of my, my, my final thoughts. Yeah, good good final thoughts. Yeah. How about you? The other card we've previewed this previously in is Ofuda, and we saw that that has a reward for seeing a token, and control variable similarly as a reward for seeing a token in a test. We've also seen a new skill, a cursed, that sort of ignores curses, sort of, if you see them in the test. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a bless and curse sub-theme, this idea of 
rather than just either use them as a cost or use them as a kind of benefit, this idea of kind of being rewarded passively by them, like see them alongside, and that might be something he's really good at doing. He can add the right tokens to the bag, and also he has a way of fishing for the right tokens. So that could be really cool. I'm similar. This is a little time capsule episode of a time before we knew the Feast of Emlock Vale player cards. Well, yeah, exactly. And and I think that makes me excited to return to do and investigate a specific episode on Kahaku when, when he comes mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm still I'm still really interested in my boy, Sam Hampson. Mm-hmm. I really want to give him a go with my first play of Hemlock Vale, but mm-hmm. Kahaku's maybe shifted up my my second playthrough hit list okay. a little okay. bit. Nice. Just to see him in action. I'd, I'd, I think I'd just love to see him working. See someone who knows yeah. what they're doing, play him, and yeah. and show me what's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something else. Oh, yeah. I think, I think. sorry, if, I, if you can indulge me, just one, uh, one Please, more yeah. final, final thought. I think yeah. sort of the key thing is the signature. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really powerful effect on that because it's not something we've seen really on any other cards. I said to you the other day, you know, on favor of the uh, sun in favor of the moon, do you ever do they stick around like beyond a few turns? Mm, the answer is almost yeah. always no, because you find a way to use those tokens pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah in any yeah. deck you've put them in, it's like yeah, yeah. No, please give me the curse tokens or mm. give me the, give me the the blessed tokens. In a way, I can manage them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they they come into play and they go pretty quick. Kahaku with some management of the bag just has that on a stick every turn. For the whole mm, game, mm-hmm. once he gets yeah. his book out, yeah. So getting the book out feels like crucial, but mm-hmm. really enables him to start doing stuff. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I was just playfully thinking of Kahaku doing a kind of I'm going to control when I see blesses, and then playing with someone who has dread curse or a cursed follower as their weakness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Suddenly, yeah. there's more curse in the bag, and he's like, no. My my book of living myths that was going to lead me to these happy stories is leading me only to doom and gloom. <laughs> cool. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think of the cards. Of course, you can get in touch with us with Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com. We're Drawn to the Flame on Facebook, X, Designed by Humans, and Patreon. So, probably soon to be on Blue Sky as well. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United Everywhere, that's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Blue Sky, I'm on Discord, I'm on Reddit, uh, a few other places. I'm on Instagram as the.unitled, so if you see me, please say hello. How about you, Frank? FB on Blue Sky, and then I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. So yeah, please say hi as well. And just one thing before we close up, uh, if we can say thank you to FFG for... That's what I was going to say. That's amazing. <laughs> Say thank you to FFG for sending us the cards. Very much appreciated. Yeah, thanks FFG and for the fantastic calendar that they've published on their website as well of where you can see all the previews for preview season. It's super exciting. And thank you, listener, for listening. Thank you. 